0: Hey, St. Paul, thank you once again for joining us. This is episode two on our study of the Holy Spirit. Welcome again to Emily Trotter. uh, And I'm John, and uh, we are uh, not your uh, professors on this. We are your people who are gonna walk alongside you on this journey as we study the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we talked about last week was... um, in any essence of when it comes to studying Scripture and the implications of what that has in our lives, we've got to get to a point where we really believe that God speaks today, mm-hmm. and maybe that what we need to maybe what we need to do is at least take that step towards obedience, believing that God speaks today. In fact, that's what Hebrews eleven, uh, verses one and two, uh, remind us. Um, that God still speaks today. Um, regarding last week, Emily, and the episode one about the Holy, Sp- Holy Spirit, the sustaining and maintaining power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what, what's, what are the takeaways for you um, from last week to kind of get us back on that same page where we can begin today?
1: Well, that it's three in one. The Holy Spirit is part of, of, of who God is and who jesus is and you can't really have one without the other we have all of that together um that he does still speak and that he guides us and comes comes in and and tells us what you know comforts us enlightens us moves in our lives and um is there if we just recognize it and listen
0: you know in western culture we um we don't spend too much emphasis, emphasis on the um, the work of the Holy Spirit, although we believe yeah. it, we we repeat our our creeds. Um, what's at stake when we don't tap into this uh, this presence? and we're going to talk a little bit of, of more of what that means in our our study today. But what's at stake for us as Christians in this Western culture? Um, when it comes to uh, diving in, embracing what scripture says is ours from God through the Holy Spirit?
1: We really miss out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we really sell, sell ourselves short. Um, and What the blessings that we don't claim and get and um, live into because we don't understand and we don't open up and let God move and God work. Um, and I think it, that intimate relationship that um, comes with the Holy Spirit.
0: You know, one of the things that um, we mentioned last week is probably uh, another one of my takeaways is what 2 Corinthians talks about when it talks about the promises of God that, yeah. that they become, in, in my words, uh, is uh, they are an emphatic yes through Jesus Christ, that we are people that say amen, or so be it. Yes. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit, in one sense, the, role, the roles of the Holy Spirit are so vast. But in one sense, what the Holy Spirit does for us today as Christians is that the Holy Spirit reminds us of the significance of, of not only the, what Jesus said, but what they mean to us today. So the promises that I will never leave you and forsake you um, can you not imagine what that might have as an implication in Christians' lives when it comes to despair, loss, yeah. the unknowns about tomorrow? To uh, what what that can do inside of us, maybe power.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean that. Yes and Amen is just the so because there are so many promises of God in His Word. There are so many things that He tells us. That he won't leave us, that he won't forsake us, to not be afraid, to not, you know, just to live and 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 rely on him. <clears throat> that those promises, there's so many that we have to remember. All of them are yes, and he doesn't go, oh, I changed my mind. I never mind. I well, you know. Yeah, for everybody else, <laughs> yeah. but. Yeah. For you, Trotter. For, do, you, for you, few. Nah. You've made a mistake, and now you don't get that. So there yeah. you go. And and the promises that he does say that, you know, he promises us rest. Mm. And, you know, in Hebrews 4, it says, "You, sorry, you missed it because you didn't do this. If mm-hmm. we miss a promise, it's our on our end, not on his end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's at John 14, uh, 26 passage that uh, that John reminds us, but the helper, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And, th- and that's my, my interpretation is the significance of the words of Christ. He will not only teach you all things, but he will bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Um, and notice, you know, that he doesn't say and and he will put in your mind all the things that you didn't read or I you know that you don't know. I mean, there's 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 <laughs> He's a sense bring you on
1: random. I mean, things. Th- yeah.
0: remember, this is not something that gets us into heaven. This is a this is this is something that helps us survive on this side of heaven. Yes, it's what God gives us to empower us. Yes, um, and and that has and I think that's a little bit of what we're going to be uh, looking into today. And um, one of the passages that Emily had sent to me this week. Um, uh, was from Ephesians chapter uh, 3 and and I want to kind of read through this and and kind of uh, um, break this apart a little bit because I think this becomes one of those starting points for us that is is so very important as we move into this next uh, episode about our on our study on the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21 at least we'll get to 19 to start with. Paul or Paul writes to the church in Ephesus at the um at the end of this first section and incidentally chapters 1 through 3 in uh the book of Ephesians is is there's no verse in those 3 chapters where Paul says anything about what we have to do like there's an obligation it is peppered with uh, throughout those three chapters about the richness and of and of uh, the richness of God's grace, the fullness of God that's available to us. And this is the climactic point where he ends that section in chapter three. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses um, knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, Paul in any English or grammar class, would not have received an A. I mean, he has so many run-on <laughs> sentences, and um, I don't know if you ever did diagramming of sentences. I don't know if they do that in middle school anymore. Di- diagramming sentences. I feel sentences. like they do. They do.
1: I feel like they do. Well, then I, need I don't a- remember any of it because I remember jake and van and van's in seventh grade now and i remember and you know, see during quarantine last spring when grammar was on the docket i'm like i don't know what you're talking about
0: <laughs> well, so
1: i think they do do it but i don't remember it when from when i learned it well
0: in middle school uh, i do remember uh, um us coming to the section in our grammar book about diagramming sentence and i still remember miss jenkins telling us oh we're going to skip over that so <laughs> Uh, I'm 48 now, and I mean middle school. I don't know, 14, 15 years old. Yeah. So, 35 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh, they they were skipping it. I mean, I need a refund on my education <laughs> on that part. I didn't. So it wasn't until grad school that I actually started diagramming sentences again because that's how you understand in the Greek language, in the Hebrew language, what's being said. Yeah. So I went ahead. I mean, if Paul would have diagrammed his sentences, Miss Jenkins probably would have <laughs> given him a zero. But notice here what he's saying that uh, in in verse sixteen that according to the riches of his glory, out of the abundance of God's love, that he may grant you to be strengthened, strengthened with power through his spirit mm-hmm. in your inner being, okay? Yeah. So no, right from the beginning, it's, it's not seen as something <laughs> outside that, um, you know, that you may be strengthened to be able mm-hmm. to walk on the Chattahoochee River, okay? <laughs> no, it's, it's something that goes on in, inside of us. It's something that goes on inside of us. And then in verse 17, so that, so then this is what God wants to happen in in our lives or the implications, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts and that you are uh, rooted and grounded that you may have the strength to comprehend and know the surpassing love of Christ. And he goes on the length, the depth, the breadth, the height, all of this. And then, then again, so that, there's a next step here, another cause and effect, you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How we get this fullness of God is through understanding and knowing and comprehending that mm-hmm. that love of Christ for us. And then how do we do that? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting in this is, unfortunately, is the subjunctive verbs, that this may happen. And there's the rub, because there's something that prevents us from stepping into this, and it's on our end. It's not that God – it's – you know Ephesians 1, 8, I believe, says every spiritual blessing is ours. Mm-hmm. And we have to tap into that. But it all starts with the power of the Holy Spirit to get us to a place where we comprehend the love of Christ so that we may be able to be filled with all the, the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for just a second. If God's desire is that we are filled... With the fullness of God, and that this is done by knowing and comprehending the love of Christ, and the means or the instrument through is through the strength or the power is being strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does that look like in our practical lives when it comes to living out our Christian faith?
1: You said a couple. I don't. Well, now time is irrelevant because I don't remember how long ago this was. Um, You said in a sermon once that do we get to the point where every prayer is answered? And, and then we talked about it in Sunday school following, um, the message and your answer is yes. You can get to that point where everything you pray, you get an answer for, but only when you start to pray what God wants you to pray. Mm -hmm. When you get into this, what, um, his will is, and what you should be doing, and what you should be working on, and where your focus and your attention should be. So I think that goes into that. Um, the fullness of God, yeah, we can have it, but it's a matter of aligning ourselves with um, what He wants for us. And Laura Marvette said last week, reminded me of something, because she said, you know, she's work, you know, being reminded that she needs to come to God, first for everything and it reminded me that you know a couple years or several years ago I was sitting in a bible study (laughs) this is not a good thing I should not admit this (laughs) um so I was sitting in this bible study and I was listening to somebody talk you know somebody was sharing and they were talking about you know praying for and I was like my gosh I mean does God have to be involved in everything I mean do I really need to be concerned or concern him with you know Every single thing that I do, like, gosh, I i, I mean, should I buy this kind of cracker? Um, what, what, you know, it, can I get a parking spot closer, Lord? I'm tired. My feet hurt. I, I just need a good parking spot today. Why does God have to be involved in everything? And the answer is, yes, he has to be involved in everything because he wants to be. He wants to be that part of of our life, to be that close to us that we know what his... Mind is, and we know what his heart is, and that becomes because when you get that close to somebody, that's what you want too. Mm. So we reach that fullness, and we get our prayers answered when we come to this place where we are of one mind with him. And so, how do we get that? Is the it's finding yeah. the Holy Spirit, getting it,
0: yeah, <laughs> bringing it in. Well, at least embracing it, yeah. Because what stands in the way is it's not that God is is holding it back because we live Mm. post-resurrection, post-Pentecost. And so, um, but I think one of the things that kind of push against that in our hearts is is our understanding of what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do, how it will manifest. And we look for the manifestations that are dramatic and amazing. Mm But incidentally, when we get into Acts, and I've been holding back on this <laughs> last week and this week, but just a little tidbit, when we, when we do start looking into Acts about this, what's interesting is that every place, I think bar one, that the Holy Spirit, where Luke talks about the Holy Spirit uh, uh, showing up or um, uh, kind of entering the picture, the... There was, you know, sometimes there were uh, miracles, and sometimes there were amazing things that happened, but those didn't happen every time. What happened every time, there's one thing that happens every single time, and that is people began to speak boldly about Jesus mm-hmm. and his resurrection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I really believe that if we can at least for a moment, it's not that the miracles don't happen, but what really happens every time is that the result of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that we begin, or we are encouraged, or we are prodded. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, as you said last week, sits on us, <laughs> and we begin to speak boldly about Christ. Yeah. And that is... Maybe that's a, a an outwards word, but maybe it's also an inner word. That God, you're not taken by surprise. God, you are still with me and these 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 promises are are yes, and mm-hmm. I will say so be it and amen.
1: Well, and we talked last week too about, you know, recognizing it and what that how you get to to the point where you can recognize where the Holy Spirit is working and leading and talking and speaking to you by looking back. And I think we can get, once you get to the point where you've done it once or twice and you you feel it and you know what that's like, where you can say, this is the Holy Spirit, let me, he's leading me in this direction, that once you get into that, those moments become small miracles, that they become these things that you go, oh my gosh, Just like, you know, when you become aware of things, it's like going, you know, anywhere in nature. I mean, I've not been to the Grand Canyon, but you can stand there and look at it and go, my God, created this. The rainbow. I mean, we were at the lake a few weeks ago at Lake Martin and a full, bright rainbow that like ended into the lake. Mm. And I mean, even the kids were like, oh, my gosh, oh, and we're, we got to take pictures. Well, the cameras don't do it justice. Mm. They don't do it justice. But you think, my God made that. Yeah. He gave that to us. Mm. And we can look back and say, well, and we know that he gave it to us because he told us. And that was a promise that he made to Noah. You know, that was that sign of that. So I think when you can recognize those small things, those everyday things, you can say, yeah amen Absolutely. hallelujah yes and amen
0: so back to your your bible study and you're asking yourself this question is god really want to know about the type of cracker <laughs> that i'm supposed to or that was find. a bad example well i mean <laughs> it could have been but but the fact of the matter is <laughs> the fact of the matter is 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 that um scripture is replete in in reminding us that that what god wants is all God wants us all, but yes. but in, maybe on with good intentions, we we go to God and we say, "Well, you know, prayer, God, you don't really. Well, I don't want to bug God yes. about this. Well, I can handle people, this." Or there's people that are, you know, suffering who need God. If you have to split between the time, mm-hmm. and we forget that majesty of who God of who God is. But one of the passages that that just shouts this is comes from the book of proverbs proverbs three verses five and six and the first word in there or the first couple the first command is and is uh is is um trust in the lord trust in the lord Mm -hmm. how with all of your all of your heart we could say that god would say to us trust in the lord with all of your pain Mm -hmm. trust in the lord with all of your joys trust in the Lord with all of your tomorrows trust in the Lord in with all of your regrets of the past. All right. And, and then, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not onto, uh, unto your own mm-hmm. understanding. And then verse six says, and, um, acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will make your path straight. So mm-hmm. there is a sense that, um, you know, even, you know, Solomon doesn't even say, you know, trust in the Lord with things that you think God can do. Yeah, (laughs) Trust in the Lord, but give him, give God a favor by, you know, metering that to, you know, code red stuff, you know, catastrophes. It's all your way. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will make your paths straight.
1: Well, it reminds me of that song, um, Bigger Than I Thought You Were, that praise and worship song, Where it's like you're bigger than I thought you were, and then my favorite part is I'll stop all negotiations with the God of all creation, and you that just stops me every time because how many times do we think oh but God hey you take care of this I got this and then we'll see you know how we'll meet back up and discuss this again and see what happens, Um, but that's exactly Mm -hmm. you know you just got to have it he's got it.
0: Louis Giglio has a study on a Colossians and it, I, it is on our right now media. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the things that he, he brings out in that, that study is, um, that your relationship is, it's, it's not you with Christ or you and Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, Christ in you it's not Christ and you so the we we approach this with the mentality that we're doing this um uh WWE tag team wrestling you know and I'm going to do my part and when I get to the end of my rope I'm going to reach over and tab Jesus and he's going to come in there with a chair and knock my enemy on the back of the head that is an excellent visual (laughs) it is it is but that would be the the Christ and me yes and and it's it's really it's the Christ in me It's the Christ. It's it's us working together.
1: It's that one little word that makes it it different.
0: It is. is. And so when we um, live into the significance of the fullness of God, um, I I think that one of the things that actually comes to the surface um, is that there are um, dramatic changes or you could say a transformation inside of us. Maybe not all at once, um, but there are gradual things where His Spirit, like in Romans chapter eight, speaks to our spirit. And, and there's if there's tension, there's correction, there's training, um, and and this kind of uh, is is what the ultimate end game is. Is that mm-hmm. that our outward work or doing as men and women of of christ or as christians or disciples is not centered around all the things that we are told to do but it is centered around first and foremost of that inner well uh, of of um of the of that is given to us through the means of the power of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. that there is that we are able to recognize the love of God has for it. And then out of that, the fullness of God happens, that out of that well, um, we are able to uh, live into a dramatic change or the doing or the transformational process of what the gospel wants to do in our lives and those around us. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a youth pastor, and this, is, this just came to the, my mind, I'm, I'm maybe a, a, a goose chase, but... Um, one of the things when I started in Louisiana,' it was one of the uh, it was the second church that I went to a, as a youth minister. and And one of the things I wanted to do was bring this guy down. His name was Hughley Goddard, and he was, Look, he was the master youth pastor. I mean, if you, if you, he wrote books about it and and stuff. And so you wanted, you wanted to kind of, and so I go to, I haven't come down and and I, you know, kind of build it around the fact of this guy coming down and he's going to do a retreat for us and he's going to do a parent seminar and kind of do all this kind of, it was kind of cool. But back in my mind, I had a hidden agenda. What I wanted to do (laughs) is I wanted to ask him some questions and, you know, take some notes and stuff like that. So the first day that he's there, we're having coffee. And, and I asked him, I said, Healy, I said, I'm a new youth pastor. You're a veteran youth, youth pastor. Um, and I said, what is it that I, you know, that is the essential work in youth ministry? What do I need to do to make an effect for the kingdom of God? And I had my notepad and pencil ready and I'm ready to write these things down (laughs) thinking it was, well, you should do this event or this is how you should do your Sunday schools and this is how you should do your outreach. You know what he told me?
1: Pray about it. He said,
0: Yeah, (laughs) you should pray about it. Yes, but he said one of the things was inside of you is a well of life. And he said, if you feed that well of life, it will overflow into everything you do. Wow. And I thought, I get goosebumps thinking. Yeah. My hair is, is, and I'm thinking, you know, think of the significance that, that there is through the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. that, that gives us the power to strengthen us, mm-hmm. to remind us of the love of Christ. That once we start getting it mm-hmm. in little areas of our lives, we don't get it, you know, completely, but we start living into it piece by piece it has an effect on us yes. and those around us. Mm-hmm. So there's dramatic changes. And we think about the d- disciples. So when you think about the disciples, I mean, the changes in their lives, what happened, what, if you were to do a case study on one of the disciples or the disciples before Pentecost and after Pentecost, well, how would you, how would you, where would you start on that? Um, you come around the, the upper room when they're after the resurrection. I mean, how do, how do you look at that when it comes to the disciples before the resurrection and after the resurrection?
1: You know, it's one thing. Well, and something I was reminded of this morning when we were in Israel last um, February, which also seems like a thousand years ago, but it was just a year and a half. George, our tour guide said, we know about three years of Jesus' life. That's what the Gospels are, just those three brief years. And this is not – we want to feel like that these Gospels are – th- this happened this day, and the next day we did this. And then we went here, and he did this. And there's just so much that happened in between that that we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the disciples – listen to him talk all the time. And so many times they were like, wait, now what now? (laughs) Okay, now that... uh, So many times when he's speaking in these parables, when when they get off by themselves, they say, hey, Jesus, what did you mean by that? I don't get it. And that, A, makes me comfortable (laughs) because I'm like, they didn't get it either and they were there with him. So they didn't get it a lot of the times, and I think that that was because the Holy Spirit we they didn't have that inward guide to make that revelation. Um, something that this in um, this book, Holy Experiencing the Holy Spirit, y'all all get this book. Um, something that it said was, Oh, here the light of the Holy Spirit in them illuminated the word. So before they were. Living and doing and being with Jesus and experiencing Him, and then dealing with their mourning and the death and the things that they had lived through and seen in the past few days, and then being afraid and what to do with that, where can we go, and seeking comfort and solace with each other. And then afterwards, I mean, and you and I, I mean, I know you, we don't want to talk about Acts, but we talked a little bit yesterday about, you know, at the beginning of Acts and Jesus being with them for 40 days with him coming back Mm -hmm. and what that must have been like, I mean, to be so broken and upset and closed in your room and then to have Jesus show back up and the joy that they must have felt to see their friend again. Even though he said, "I'm leaving you, you you're not going with me. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and then somebody else is coming. And then that time when they get together, they be able. And I know that they must be must have been sad when he left again. But like you say, that gift of the Holy Spirit came, and yes, they were sad, but they got so excited that they had to get out and get to work. It all hit. Oh, 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 I get it. Oh, we got to go. We got to go. We've got this well. We've got to go. It's bubbling out, it's overflowing. And then, Matthew, you know, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. So, and I think that that, because and in, in here it says so many times, he nourishes me continually. Jesus says all the time about the love of his father and how it just keeps him going and that we have that too. So I think the difference to a very roundabout way to answer your question, the difference before is they didn't even really have a head knowledge, but we'll say that they do. They had a head knowledge, but after Jesus came back, they got a heart knowledge too.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, let's be clear, we we mentioned this last week that you know, the Holy Spirit just did not just show up at Acts 2 mm-hmm. and was created. I mean, it was just revealed at that time. There, there, were, there were instances of, of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, in yes. Genesis chapter 1, and, and throughout it, and Jesus tells his disciples in that farewell discourse in John, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is with you soon. Yeah. He will be in you, mm-hmm. and, and talking about what the implications of that means. I mean, you look at the disciples, like Peter, before the, uh, the Pentecost, Peter was this flip-flopper, I mean, he was strong when he told Jesus, you know, uh, you know, when Jesus asked, but who do you say I am? And Jesus and Peter comes, you know, hey, you are the top dog, you know, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. But then immediately after, Jesus has to tell him, away with me, Satan,
1: (laughs) you know? Or when Jesus
0: wants to wash his feet, he says, no, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you won't have anything to do with me. And Jesus said, and then Peter responds, okay, you can wash my whole body, you know? Get it all. (laughs) And and then uh, then I will die for you, he would tell Jesus, and then betrayal. And then after Pentecost, Peter speaks preaches this sermon at Pentecost in Acts 2, and then in Acts 3, it talks about John and Peter going to the, uh, the temple, and they come across this beggar who was an invalid, and the, he wants alms, he wants money, he wants sustenance. Mm-hmm. And Peter looks at him and says, look at me. And he said, Peter tells him, Peter, Peter says, silver or gold, I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ Rise and walk. And like that, he rises and he walks. And then Peter, is a, Peter and John are arrested. And Peter preaches boldly in court in front of the council. <laughs> in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12, he says, the, Luke tells us, he was filled with the Spirit. Yeah. And so this is a direct connection to the transformation of power that happens. And then notice the effect. In verse 13 in chapter four, the they re, the religious leaders, um, re, Luke records it this way. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, in other words, when they saw the boldness and they didn't expect it to come from them, they were astonished. astonished. And then the next phrase is this, and they the religious leaders, the council recognized hmm. that they had been with Jesus. And what's interesting is that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead mm-hmm. dwells in us. That's what Paul says in yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I mean, think of... That majestic, transformative, gospel filled event that happened in Acts 2. It is, th- that sound was just earth shattering, but it was also time shattering. That it, the echo of that is still reverberating to us, in us, around us mm-hmm. today.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that. Prayer at the end of in John 17, where it where Jesus himself prays for the future believers, Mm. that anybody who will receive this message. Uh, That's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's you. That's us now. It's Mm. us to come people to come that we don't you know, that is mind boggling to me that Jesus, the savior of the world, the creator of everything Took that moment before he went to the cross and prayed for me and you for all of you, Saint Paul. Yeah. Anybody that might hear this, Jesus has already prayed for you. Mm. How's that make you feel today? <laughs> I mean, and, uh, I let's think, get let's get a little woohoo. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that that is it is it is so astounding that we so frequently pass over those things that we even in Acts uh, John seventeen we're called a gift. To Jesus from God, mm-hmm. we're a gift from the Father, and um, and then that the Jesus responds by saying, "You're praying for us." I mean, I love John's Gospel when it comes to—I know mm-hmm. you do yeah. too. Um, it he writes from that perspective mm-hmm. of experience and knowledge.
1: He thought um, about it for a minute.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for a hot it, minute. You know what? Let me. <laughs> yeah, and he goes back, and he he kind of—you can start to see this thread. Of, of what happens in there. And so uh, Ephesians reminds us that, that there is available to us all um, this gift, this power. Incidentally, that power is the same power in Greek that is used in um, Rome, uh, Acts 1-8 mm-hmm. when he tells the disciples, and you will receive this power. This power of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is, uh, has a role or a, a job of reminding us and strengthening us by uh, giving us the strength to remember and understand and to know that de- the depth of Christ's love for us so that what happens is that we start to live into a transformation, a transformational life um, in the fullness of God that that our kingdom and God's kingdom our heart starts to beat at the rhythm of God's heart and where it di- where it diverges that we will find ourselves going back you know each day mm-hmm. take up your cross follow me mm-hmm. and that's something each day that we do mm-hmm. because we're not very you know attentive. and we're we want to do it ourselves yeah i want to bring up just a a few kind of, of of questions and application points and and jump in i mean it's uh these are for all of us when it comes to this i mean think about what is the holy spirit bearing witness in your spirit I mean, if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, and Ephesians 3 says that this is the spirit that bears witness and gives, has his power, what is that spirit bearing witness to, of, in our spirit, in your spirit this, this week or right now? How could this, um, how could this revel, this, this spirit as bearing witness, witness to us how can it bring us to a point of the fullness of god and if you think about that what are that what are the practical implications of god's fullness in our lives today i mean what would it look like for the next 7 days if you embraced that the fullness of god is not start does not start and find its source in us as individuals mm but it finds its source in a power that may be ours is offered to us through the Holy spirit.
1: And you don't need all the degrees. You don't need someone to come sit with you and tell you, you can do it yourself. Um, because you and I talked a little bit about this too in, um, John chapter seven, Jesus has been speaking and the and these Pharisees say, oh, you've been deceived. This mob has been deceived. They don't know. I mean, they don't know anything about the law. We would know if anyone would know if he is the Christ, it would be us because we already have all this knowledge and they were wrong. They were wrong. And that to me says, you know, you don't have to be the top people You don't have to know all the things you don't have to know all about, you know, in Leviticus and all the things that it says, here's how the temple is supposed to be set up. Here's what the priests are going to do. Here's what you don't have to know all of that. You rely on me and I will teach you what you need to know. Um, Because I find that so many times in, in the Gospels that the people that knew the least and were the most ashamed and the most embarrassed, the most poor in spirit, the most, you know, the the beggars, the the afflicted. Um, they were the ones that met him first. They were the ones that clamored and came to meet him. And they weren't the ones that had all the answers.
0: Yeah. And Jesus was born and given not to the religious leaders or the um, the kings and the government. It was... He was given and and first steps into the scene on in a insignificant manger Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as even beginning as an outcast, not even allowing him to get into the space, Mm -hmm. but into that um, uh, manger.
1: Because we get in our own way. Yeah, we do. What we think we know keeps us from knowing the truth. Yeah. And knowing the right way and the best way.
0: Here's, here's one of the truths of Scripture, and that we see it over and over and over again, is that when, you know, when they're when like in Acts four thirteen, when the religious leaders saw that they had been uh, that these they were astonished because of John and Peter's um, their um, their their passion that they were uneducated men. They recognized that they were with Jesus, and and it is it was it was like a, a jaw dropping uh, moment for them. It's not something it was it, th- that word comes from that that root of yes to know, but to know experientially. Then it has this prefix on it that means that what's happening right now actually brings this to know to be known, and this act of being able to recognize. And I think that that's. One of the things where we start not with God, not only with God speaks today, but we move into this place that, that there is a, a, a time of us being able to uh, step into those quiet moments and those quiet places that we are able to study us, but that that gets us to a place where we are actually starting to recognize a new Christ's love for us. And think of the implications of that. Think of the implications for that. In our lives, I want to end with this uh, verse in uh, Ephesians chapter um, uh, three. Um, the uh, at the end of where that passage that we started with uh, in uh, uh, fourteen through nineteen, we talked about that uh, that movement from God giving us the power of the Holy Spirit to bring to comprehension Christ's love, so that we live in the fullness of God. This is where he ends. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, <laughs> far more abundantly than you could even ask or imagine. According to, that, to the power at work within us, what power? Go back up to verse 14, 15, and 16, where it talks about the Holy Spirit, the power to understand To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. Emily, thank you once again. Episode two is in the uh, archives. will be put into the archives (laughs) soon, and uh, we'll uh, move into uh, future studies. I know our goal is centered around the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. and we're getting there. But um, I really appreciate uh, you being here, and I'm really excited and also very thankful that your family uh, shares you with us also on this.
1: (laughs) They are glad to share.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Emily, and thank thank you. you for joining us today. May God hold you all in the palm of his hand and remind you that you are his and he is yours.